Lying on the sofa, I listened to Debbie banging about in the kitchen, running the taps and moving pans around. I put a cushion behind my head and closed my eyes. Do you believe in God? I met this girl in Benin City. Her name was Miracle. She had this dream to go to Italy. She said it was the land of ice cream parlours and Ferraris. Miracle met a woman called Alexa. Alexa was going to get her a job in a designer clothes shop in Milan. Miracle would make enough money to send her mother to pay for her little brother and sister to go to school. Alexa gave her gifts. A silver bracelet with a broken heart. A pen from Disneyland. A lipstick in a shade of red called Starter Marriage. One day, Miracle says, I'm going on Saturday to Italy. It's happening. I told Alexa about you and she said, brilliant, you can come too. I say, I don't think Debbie will let me. And Miracle says, it's time to start pulling your weight. On Saturday night, I sneak out. We walk out to the aircraft boneyard, Miracle and me. It's a full moon. The abandoned plains look like massive beached whales. We sit on a wing overgrown with branches. We put on the starter marriage lipstick. Alexa appears out of the dark. She's not like Miracle described her. What's this? She says to Miracle. My friend, I told you. You didn't tell me about that birthmark. Well, it's too late now. Jesus, get that muck off your lips. And she wipes the lipstick off her mouths with her thumb. A shadow passes over the moon. A car engine starts up somewhere nearby. I clutch Miracle's hand as we climb into the back of the car. The lipstick presses into our palms like a bullet. Alexa shows us a picture of an old man on her phone. She says, This is a priest. He does juju magic. He has secured you. Do what you're told. Don't talk to the driver. If he says get down, get down. She snaps a picture of us for the juju man, slams the door and says, See you later down the road, cowgirls. We drive out of the city. I stare at the back of the driver's head. Miracle starts to cry. I give her a shove. I say, that juju magic is a load of rubbish anyway. I say, I'm fine. Have you ever tried a Ouija board? I heard about this girl who tried one. The Ouija board spelled out her name. I-R-I-N-A. It said... Irina, go away. She went round saying it was a load of rubbish, but then she started finding notes everywhere, little scraps of paper in her bag and in her locker. Irina, go away. Irina, go home. And then, scratched into her desk, get back to where you came from. We keep driving. We lose count of the days. When the driver turns around, we see he's just a boy. 
Soon, it's just sand and sky. The sand gets everywhere, under our fingernails, up our noses. Nothing lives in that desert. Even the birds don't stop there. When we see a cloud of dust on the horizon getting bigger, the driver boy says, get down. We get down. We lie in the footwell, gripping each other. We hear engines shouting really loud, bad music. A hand slams against the passenger door and the car rocks. There's a loud crack like a branch snapping. Glass shatters onto us. Miracle makes a noise. I whisper to her, keep still. I slowly ease the lid off the lipstick. The insides have turned to liquid in the heat. Red goo oozes all over my hands. I draw my fingers across our necks. I cover us in red. I paint us dead. Voices circle round the car. It feels like hours pass. When I finally get up, my legs and arms are stiff. The driver's gone. The desert's empty again. Miracle is curled in a ball, start a marriage all over her, but more red too, much, much more, dark and sticky around her head. There's nothing, just me and the desert going on and on and on. I try to say, I'm fine. It's really hard to pull Miracle out of the car. I dig her a grave. The sand keeps filling it up again. It's like trying to dig a hole in the ocean. I put the lipstick and the pen from Disneyland and the silver bracelet in an empty water bottle. I bury them next to her and I say a prayer. I get in the car. I start the engine. I press all of the pedals until it goes forwards. And then I drive and I just keep driving. I drove into a town where all the buildings looked like sandcastles. I was taken to a place called a connection house. Men with guns and daggers and crosses around their necks shaped like stars guarded the door. It was full of girls like me, but I didn't feel like talking. I just waited. One day, they told us it was time to go. We were driven back into the desert on the backs of motorbikes. We were put in the back of a truck under a blanket and a layer of watermelons. I watched through a hole in the blanket. We drove through towns, over bridges, across mountain ranges. Every time the truck stopped, we held our breaths. I dreamed of water. We reached the coast one night. We knelt on the sand and prayed under the stars. There was a boat. An inflatable thing, like people take on holiday. It sunk in the middle with the weight of all of us, and we were pushed out to sea. Perhaps you've heard a story like this before. I think my mind fell out of my body that night. I think it slid over the side of the blow-up boat and fell down through the black water. I wondered, maybe I could live down there. Maybe the bottom of the ocean is the safest place on Earth. 
Was it only one night we were out in the middle of the sea? It's dawn when we see a ship on the horizon. A voice through a loud hailer tells us to await rescue. They haul us in. A man takes a can of black paint and sprays the word rescued on the empty dinghy and then we leave it behind to drift forever for all I know. People stand on the deck of the ship, crying and thanking God. A nurse checks us over and asks me how old. I say 19, like Alexa told me. She frowns and ties a blue string around my wrist. When we get off the ship, they give us flip-flops and lead us to a line of buses. The drivers wear masks over their mouths and noses. We get taken to this place, the centre, they call it. I'm allowed to make a phone call, so I call the number Alexa told me. I tell her Miracle didn't make it. There's the smallest of silences and then she says, Okay, just wait there. Everyone feels homesick when the sun goes down. Some of us sit outside and watch the lizards run in and out of the cracks in the wall. A little van drives up. A priest and some nuns get out. They give us cake and juice. They tell us the angels are watching and then they drive away. Eventually, we all go to bed. Are you a good sleeper? I heard about these children in Sweden. They were from somewhere else. Russia, I think. They lived in Sweden for a long time. They were going to school. They had friends. They played on sports teams and went to birthday parties... Then one day, their families got a letter saying you can't stay here anymore. Some of the parents couldn't actually read the letter, so the children had to translate. It started with this one boy. After he read the letter, he went upstairs and lay on his bed. He fell into a very deep sleep. No one could wake him. Not his parents, his brothers and sisters, his friends or the doctors. Other children got letters, and they fell asleep too. The doctors had to invent a new name for what was happening. They called it Upgivenhet syndrome, which means giving up disease. Those children are still asleep. But in the centre, I wake up. Someone says, there's a woman here to see you, she's waiting outside. I put on my flip-flops. I splash some water on my face. Outside, Alexa is sitting on the wall with her back to me, looking out to sea. She's smaller than I remember. She turns around. It's not Alexa. It's Debbie. In a pizza restaurant near the beach, the waitress gives us a dirty look and shows us to an outside table. I drink a lemonade. Debbie starts talking. She says, Listen, Maya, I know I'm not the best mother out there. I'm sorry. But I just want you to know that without you in it, this world would be an empty, rattling place. It will be nothing, just an illusion. You're the realest thing. You're the only thing. You're magic and then she hugs me for a really long time 
I don't know if I dreamed the next bit. We're on a bus. It's dark outside. We cross a big bridge, go through a toll, pass signs with words in a language I don't recognise. I ask, where are we going? And Debbie says, I don't know. I see glimpses of things. The backs of hills and the edges of forests. Retail parks and wrecking yards. And then eventually, the lights of a city and a sign saying, Welcome. Outside the new house, number nine, the sky starts to get dark. I get up off the sofa, I pull the blind down and carry my suitcase up the stairs to the bedroom. A small, quiet room with white walls and soft carpets. A bit later, I'll unpack. I'd like to fill this room with things. Clothes and plants and pictures and books and music. All the usual 13-year-old stuff. I'd like to pick my own wallpaper one day. But this house isn't ours, and I don't know how long we'll be staying. I probably won't be around for long. If you see me, though. In school, at the shops, going through the park, waving from the top of the transporter bridge. You'll recognise me. Curly hair, birthmark. Maybe you could say hello. I'd appreciate that. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to this story.